Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen. We are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at WCEV1450.com. And what else should I tell you? Well, I should first welcome you if you are new to the Radio Islam family. We thank you for tuning in. And we're on every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, coming to you from the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois. And I should remind you, or let you know, that you can keep up with us on social media, uh, as well as if if you're podcasters, um, you can keep up with us by looking for us at Radio Islam USA. So that's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and uh, podcasts. So if you're on uh, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, or SoundCloud, uh, you will find us at Radio Islam USA. And if you'd like to give us a call, you can do so by giving us a ring at 312-750-1178. That is 312-750-1178. Okay. Radio Islam family, we welcome you. We're happy to kick off another uh, event of this fast-moving program. And tonight, I am very happy to have uh, joining us on the phone. Such a wonderful, wonderful invention, that uh, wonderful time that we live in, that we can just cover such uh, huge spaces of, of, of uh, huge distances, right? These wonderful uh, inventions that we have. But we have joining us um, Sister Layla Abdullah-Poulos. Uh, she is the founder um, of NBA Muslims, and you can find her and follow her on Twitter. I believe you can just go right to uh, NBA Muslims, uh, at NBA Muslims. Uh, you find her, but we welcome her and thank her for being here. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. How you doing? I'm good. Alhamdulillah, I'm good. Um, I was about to, uh, I was about to be like, yeah, she's East Coast, but then I was like, you know, I'm not going to start giving out uh, too much information, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. So we want to, want to, you know, keep, keep, keep some things. We hold some stuff back. Uh, if, if you want to shout out your your neighborhood, that's 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 for you to do. But, well, I'm uh, a proud New Yorker, so yes. everyone knows that. <laughs> All right, but um, yeah, so I love our I love our conversations because uh, I, I mentioned often that prior to February of this year, I was I was unaware of uh, Muslim fiction, um, and since that time, since our initial conversations, uh, we've had a chance to talk about a few different books and uh, mm-hmm. authors and just how these themes are not not just important within their own right as, as parts of, of storytelling but how they also transition and impact uh, our, our daily lives and how they they um, uh, they they say something about the time that we live in so this week uh, this month we are talking about the book black sheep and you're going to do most of the heavy lifting on this Right, so I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> well, I'm totally standing on this book because I, um, I, 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 I kind of am on the fence about YA. I'm not the choice for YA, so who cares? But when it comes to reading it, YA means young adult. Okay. I'm very, very picky, especially when it comes to Muslim uh, young adult books because it's been my experience that there has been these uh, tropes that have become very, very tiresome. Not all tropes are bad, right. but when you just consistently see something that is kind of like really feeding into this kind of like worn out messaging, 
you get a little tired of it. Also, YA is invariably in first person. It's very rarely not from the first person point of view. Mm-hmm. And it has also been my experience. It is very hard to do. It's very hard to write. I, w- I will not venture into writing it. <laughs> it sounds autobiographical. It is. It is. It's, it's, but when it's well done, it, you're not sunk just in the main character's perspective. And that's a very, very hard thing to do. Now, Naima Roberts does it, and she does it beautifully. Mm-hmm. She has this whole cast of characters that are complex and lively and vibrant, and you really can see things and, 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 and live things through their perspective, okay? okay? Another kind of common trope that YA authors fall into is the parents, and I'm like, oh, God, I can't stand that. When parents are just kind of treated like props, they're like clueless props, don't know what's going on in the kids' lives, you know, you kind of think of, do you know where your kids are type of thing? Mm-hmm. And she does not do that. The parents are, uh, yeah, the kids are getting away with stuff, but the parents are catching them. <laughs> right. <laughs> because they're there and they're on board, and, you know, so the parents are on the props, the parents are their own individual people, and and the, the the youth are interacting with the older generation in a very very fascinating way. So I really like this book. This is one of the best Muslim YA's that I've read so far. Just off of and the interaction between the uh, the youth and the adults, that was one of the things that really that stood out to you. Yes, it really resonated with me, and especially the uh, main uh, female character Misha mm-hmm. and her father. Okay, now these are this this story is set in England in Saint Town Estate, so it's urban. Mm-hmm. And Misha is kind of she lives in a better neighborhood than the main character Dwayne. Dwayne lives in project in the projects in 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 in, in, in Great Britain, okay. and his love interest Misha she lives in a better neighborhood. Uh, her parents are divorced, but her father is very much in her life. And when this dude, when he finds out about this dude, you know, he's dead. <laughs> and so I love that. I love that she had the parents involved in their kids' lives. Some a lot better than others, okay, okay. because Dwayne's mother was really a trip during the, the whole novel, and which comes with the, with, which I got to turn, like, I understood why she named it Black Sheep, because Dwayne, the main character, he goes through a lot of stuff. Not only is he interested in this girl who's educated and she she comes from a better neighborhood, they call her posh. He also has to contend with the environment that he's living in. And he was at once used to be comfortable in it. You know, he was a part of a gang. It was like this brotherhood gang that he had going on and, and he was in. He um, was... Uh, making money, doing some underhanded criminal activities. This is Dwayne? This is Dwayne. Okay. This is Dwayne. And he meets Misha, and she starts to uh, be the catalyst for him thinking about things differently. Mm. And while he's doing that, his gang leader, who he grew up with, uh, uh, Tony, Mm -hmm. converts to Islam. Hmm. So he says, you know, I'm out the game. That's it. I'm a Muslim now, and <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. So he was a gang leader, and so he became 
and he left. And so Dwayne became very interested because he was looking for a different way of living. He started to look towards Tony, and he started to become more and more interested in Islam and kind of changing his life. Mm -hmm. But his life was not going to make it that easy for him. And so that's one of the things I really loved about this book is that she really addresses the conversion process mm -hmm. for young people and how it is that when you're going through this journey of discovering Islam, okay, the life that you're living may not be conducive to it, and it may end up even being hostile towards it. And so Dwayne encounters that. He has this life. He's being pulled back and forth in all of these different directions, and he knows that he doesn't want to live the life that he has been living, but it just keeps on tugging him back, tugging him back, tugging him back. Every time he thinks he's gotten further, he's gotten a step away from it, something happens to kind of pull him back in. But Misha was a central, Misha was a central catalyst or, or part of his, uh, I guess, his self-assessment, right? Yes. Misha, when he first met Misha, you know, I, I, I told uh, the author on Twitter, I said, when he first met Misha, he was sprung, okay? <laughs> she, she, was, she was a strong female character, even at the tender age of 16, and she was not going for just the okey-doke. She was not just going to fall into his arms and make things easy for him. She was going to make him think. She was going to make him uh, uh, worthy of her. He had to come correct, he had to be correct, okay, or she was going to be gone because yeah. she had, she had a, a, a lot of promise in her life, and she did not want, she, she jeopardized it, but in the end she really didn't want to give it up. So he had to come correct with the way that he approached her. But he wanted to because he wanted to change his life. He was looking at the people around him, and he realized that he did not want to be in that that. He didn't want to live that life anymore. He didn't want to be the thug. He didn't want to be the gangster. He didn't want to be, you know, making easy money off of criminal activities. And so Misha was the catalyst for that. Tony and uh, uh, another adult character started to become the anchor to kind of help him go through the, go through the process of uh, reevaluating who he is and reinventing himself. So, and, and for a lot of people who convert to Islam, that's exactly what it is. It's not only a new way of connecting with God, mm -hmm. with the Creator. It's anchoring yourself and anchoring your life. And sometimes there are things that you may have to get rid of out of that life. But you not know what? Everything. Is, isn't, so. there, isn't there a statement in here? which is more to uh, not just conversion, but also uh, a correction, right? Because everybody that comes in, uh, into, uh, into Islam does not, of course, does not come from, from the bottom, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're folks, you know, we come from all, uh, all different uh, aspects of, of life. But for this mm -hmm. particular, for this particular inst uh, instance, um, Dwayne, you know, former OG, right? Former <laughs> uh, thug. He he has to make an assessment of his life and 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 where he's going, and this is all sparked off by his meeting of Misha. Now, my question here in this is, um, 
Well, first you said this is written first person, right? Mm-hmm. Is this written from the perspective uh, of Misha? Is she the the central uh, character that everything is around? It alternates. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, because when you're writing when you're writing in the first person, one of the limits of writing in the first person is just that it's very hard to uh, shift from one character to another's perspective or point of view. Uh-huh. If you're writing in the third person. It's very easy to do it in a chapter. You can do it in a chapter. So you can just kind of like shift, and it's like extra carriage change, and that's it. It becomes that person's point of view. It's a little little bit harder to do it in the first person. So a lot of times what what authors will do is they will restrict it between the two main characters. And so the chapters will alternate between those two main characters. So one chapter will be from, like in, in this book, one chapter will be from Dwayne's uh, perspective, point of view. Another one will be from Misha's point of view, which was excellent. And even the one thing, is, one of the things she's, that she did that, I, that she did beautifully, and again is a hard thing to do, is that she did it within chapters as well. She didn't start off doing that, which was great, mm-hmm. but she slowly got the reader acclimated so that when she decided to, she was able to switch between Dwayne and Misha in between chapters, and the reader kept up you were able as a reader to keep up and stay engaged so you get to 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 understand what he's thinking his thought processes are and what she's thinking what her thought processes are and another thing that she did that i loved i I told you i was going to gush over this book (laughs) (laughs) is that is that she did something that i've only really seen Two other Muslim women authors able to do, and I'm not going to name them. Mm-hmm. And that is speak and present male characters in a male voice. That is extremely hard to do. Okay, mm. and so she, and especially a teenage boy. I mean, Dwayne is 16 years old, and so the it, the way he the way he thinks things out mm-hmm. and uh, his thought processes a very much 16-year-old boy. He's not very verbose, okay, a lot of times. He lashes out a lot of times because he's very frustrated, and he's 16 years old. He's full of testosterone. Right. And, 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 he's, he, and he's very vulnerable at, at times where he's supposed to be. And so that's a very hard thing to do is to write in the opposite, in, in the outside of your gender. So write, if you're a man, to write... Uh, 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 from a woman's point of view, and I've seen a lot of disastrous. <laughs> really, <laughs> I've read a lot of disastrous books, and for a woman to write uh, uh, from a male's point of view, and so I've only seen two other read two other two other uh, Muslim uh, women authors besides uh, Naima who are able to do it. So I really like loved this because. I like, it, when it does come to YA, I definitely like the teenage boy books a lot better. <laughs> I find really? them a lot more exciting, a lot more gritty, and a lot more interesting. That's just me, okay? And so if you're not writing that teenage boy like a teenage boy, your book is going to fall flat. And so she kept the reader. It's all the teenage boys, all the adult men, their, their voices, their perspectives, and they're black, 
And so it was just like, it was really, really wonderful the way that she did that. She did an excellent job when it came to that. And I, and I mentioned on Twitter, I said, I hadn't read a, a teen boy novel as good as this since The Outsiders. Do you mm. remember The Outsiders? was a very famous, uh, popular book back in the, the, the 80s. And, and Patrick Swayze uh, did a movie about it and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, I remember that. the movie. So, yeah, because this was, it was a very popular book. And this book, Naima Roberts' book, kind of like indicative of that is the whole crew of misfit boys society doesn't understand them and there's that one boy that's really kind of thinking about reinventing himself and reevaluating his life and reinventing himself and as he tries other things happen there's always that girl that's from the 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 uh, other side of the tracks that he kind of like that's that that serves as that catalyst so it's not, but she doesn't directly, she doesn't like copy the book or anything like that. It's just that that's a common uh, theme when it comes to these type of books. But isn't there, very good. isn't there a, there's a, a chance that you would lose the reader or confuse the reader mm-hmm. in presenting so many different voices? Because if every character is in the first person, that means you're really, you're sitting in the driver's seat with, with, with each and every one of them. That's why um, you only do two. You only do the two main characters. Oh, so everybody else person, is yeah, ancillary. Yeah, so it's only the two main characters. But now this is another hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's in the first person, because you're really only seeing things from Dwayne or Misha's perspective, you can only understand the feelings and the perspectives of the other characters through their eyes. Okay? Mm. And she does a really good job with that as well. The way that um, they interact with their parents and they interact with their peers is just very well written. You understand, like, there's a tendency for authors writing in the first person to kind of, like, channel that main character into all the supporting characters. So say, for instance, every young male in that book could potentially become just another rendition of Dwayne instead of their own individual characters. And she avoids that. Mm-hmm. Every young female character in that book could just be another rendition of Misha. But they're not. They're very different from her. And you understand that through her eyes. So she only alternates between the, the point of views of those two main characters. You can't do it any other way. Right. If you're going to okay. do it another way, you better go into third person, not first person. Yeah, I, but, I was just thinking. I was like, wow, okay, now to, yeah, no, to uh, speak in all those mind. different voices. Yeah, okay. That makes <laughs> a lot more mind. sense. <laughs> you lose your mind. Yeah. So she does that. You understand the character's perspective. You don't get sunk down into it. And you understand the, the, the supporting character's perspectives as well through those characters. So it's really, really a great book. I, I had the hardest time putting it down. Really? <laughs> and I'm like, I told myself, like, you got to read this book. <laughs> Teenage Gun. I'm surprised that it is not in, like, mandatory, read, like, required reading for Muslim high schoolers, okay? Mm. I, I'd say like 10th grade, 10th, 11th grade. I would go as, as young as 9th, but that's just me. Now, what would be the main, what would be the main takeaways that, that you would help, that you would think uh, it would help a high schooler um, what, that, or some issues that they would grapple with mm-hmm. in, in this book? Finding yourself as an individual, okay? It's a very, very traumatic time in a young person's life, those years. Because they're riding this fence between being a kid mm-hmm. and being an adult. 
okay? And you can see that in the way that these two act and the way the other young people act. You know, it's like they have to make these big decisions. They have to think about who they are, what they want to do, what they want to be. One of the scariest questions Dwayne has asked is, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Mm. <laughs> and he had, and it, and it really gripped him because up until Misha asked him that, he didn't really think about it that much. But now he had to really think about it. So that's something that all high schoolers go through. Um, peer pressure, fitting in, assumptions made about you because you are young or you're from a certain neighborhood or you're a certain color, skin tone or something like that. You have to always grapple with those things. Interacting with your parents. What happens when you try to become more and more independent and your parents are holding on too tight? Okay, because they love and they they love you and they're concerned about you and they want you to make the right decisions, you know. And how do parents do that in different ways? You know, some parents in this book did a really job at it. Other parents did a horrible job at it. Really? It's like, oh my God, it was crushing to the character. So it's like, it, 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 so it's like that's the reason why we need these types of books. We need these types of books that are telling the truth of the youth and of uh, the Muslim youth. And there are a lot of Muslim con- a lot of Muslim converts at this tender age, 16, 17, 18 years old. And there are a lot of other things that are going on in your life at that same exact time. There's also th- there's also something that you mentioned about Misha. Uh I believe and that was that her father was that, that he wanted to investigate her or protect her mode. It was it was that Correct. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. So this idea that uh, Dwayne is influenced by a young lady, mm-hmm. um, who has who has this uh, a relationship. She doesn't come from uh, her home. It's uh, where her parents have, have separated, but but mm-hmm. still maintains a very healthy and active um, uh, life and connection with her father. Yeah. So to talk about how these connections and these relationships, how they, they contribute to how we relate to others. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So even as, even as young people are looking to find themselves uh, and, and we, anybody who's gone through this phase of life, we realize that our, our surroundings, the people that we associate with, that they have a great deal of influence on us. Mm-hmm. And, and to kind of take that a step further to look at the people who influence the people that influence us. Yes. Definitely. Absolutely. And, and, and Robert sets that from the beginning with her, with her relationship with her father. So when the father's introduced, okay, one of the things that Misha does is she sneaks up on him in his study, okay? Oh, okay. And uh, even though, because she's done that since she was a little girl, mm-hmm. okay, to see whether or not he would know that she was there. And, of course, he knew that she was there, but that was something that she did. So she established this long-term connection, and he had his own new family. He had his own new family, new wife, and she had siblings and everything like that, and she had a relationship with her stepmother and, and, and her half-brothers and sister. Mm-hmm. And so that was really great as well. And so she had to interact, and when... She screwed up, okay, mm-hmm. really badly. She went to her dad. Wow. She went to her dad. And, you know, that's a very important relationship to have for a young woman. And I see it, I see it with my own daughter. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And you probably have that with your, your daughters as well. It's like sometimes it's just like they want dad. Yeah. They want their father. And the one thing that he did that her mother could not do, that her mother could not do, was firmly established, this is my daughter. She's, a, she's my princess. And you're going to come to her a certain way. Okay? So mm-hmm. that's why I said he went into father mode. He went into bear mode. Right. And poor Dwayne scared. <laughs> 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 and that's what happens, though, because this is a pro- – and I just posted today on uh, Twitter about that, about dads. Oh, so that's where that came from. Okay. Yeah, no, it all makes that actually sense. did come from that. That came from my husband took the girls. You don't notice how quiet it is? Oh. My husband took the girls out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because he's been busy, and so they've been like, dad, 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 dad. So she, they, he took them out, and he sent me a picture of them, and they got ice cream all over their faces and everything <laughs> like that. But they're so joyous, joyful, right. because they got to be with dad. Yeah. They got to be with their father. You know, I know they love me, but I'm not dad. Right. <laughs> so sometimes that's what they need. That's what the little girls need. That's what the young women need, to feel like they're the most precious thing in their father's life. What about okay. what about um, Dwayne's response to so him having this rough upbringing? Um, mm-hmm. What was his response to? Was it was it a an automatic uh, respect or was there deference uh, when it came to him dealing with Misha's father? Um, uh-huh. It well, he was scared. <laughs> okay, well that's good. He was he was nervous because. He knew that the father meant so much to her. Mm. And, you know, period. The one thing that Misha had that Dwayne didn't have was she had this parental unit and her mother, her father, and her stepfather. Right. I mean, her mother, her, her mother, her father, and her stepmother. Sorry. Right, right. Her mother, her father, and her stepmother. They were a parental unit. So she navigated between those three adults, okay? And at the end of the day, it was like, listen, this boy has to do this. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't do this, you need to leave him alone. And she respected that. And not all the time, but <laughs> she not respected that. Because she knew, she knew it was best for her. And mm-hmm. so when the father, because the father didn't know at first, when the father stepped in, and everyone knows the spoilers when, you, when it's my discussions, when the father stepped in, it took on a whole new thing. When it was the mother, it was one thing. When it was the father, it was another thing. His interaction with the father was very, very striking and serious for him. Right. This was a man who gave every indication that he would tear him in two if he <laughs> did something wrong to his daughter. Period. That was it. That was it. He was resolved in that. And he sent that message across to this young man, and he respected that. He wasn't like slick. Right. Well, you know what? I'm going to turn her out, and there ain't nothing you can do about it, because you know there's that element. But he wasn't like that, because he was trying to change his life anyway. You know what? To, to, that, to, to that point, though, um, and you know I'm going to ask the question, but I'm going to wait until we come back to get the mm-hmm. answer. Uh, quite often, so an author will often give you contrasting um, circumstances uh, where you have one one character, you may have a, a Michelle who comes from, she has a, a blended family, but she has active uh, parents uh, in her life, and then there's another character that doesn't have that. And 
they're, they're both going through situations where they're dealing with, you know, young men who mm-hmm. are interested in them. But we see two totally different outcomes. So mm-hmm. my question is, is there a scenario um, here that is that, that that is similar to that? There is a scenario. Wait, wait, wait. In... Don't don't oh. answer. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't answer yet. All right. <laughs> so Radio Islam family, we're talking with uh, Layla Abdullah-Poulos of NBA Muslims about Black Sheep, a uh, uh, novel by uh, the author's name is uh, Naima Roberts. Is that correct? Yes, Naima yes, Roberts. Roberts. Okay, so look, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get the answer to that question. This is Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM. The Syrian Community Network, with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location, located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872-806-0141. That's area code 872-806-0141. 0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38, and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you, I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. 
streaming live at WCEV1450.com. And remember, folks, if you are just tuning in, you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And you can find us wherever you get your podcast at Radio Islam USA. And don't forget about that best place, right? That hidden gem, RadioIslam.com. Uh, visit the site. You can see some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, right? Yeah, because there's a behind-the-microphone, right? You can check out um, bios of guests, uh, photos, and just a lot of original content that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else. That's RadioSlam.com. All right, so we're going to continue our conversation with Layla Abdullah-Pulos, and we're talking about Naima Roberts' um, book, Black Sheep. And I asked a question before we left, and we're waiting for the answer, do you do you have the answer for us? <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, the main characters have very different um, interactions with their parents. Okay. Okay. Um, like I said, Misha has this 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 parental unit in her mother, her father, and her stepmother. Okay. The, her mother and father very much talk to each other about what Misha's up to, and but Dwayne does not have that. Dwayne has his mother who takes care of him, but she's extremely verbally abusive to him. Mm. And it is really understandable why he is so complacent, ambivalent as a teen. Okay. Because she makes what she tells him he's no good, he'll never be any good. And and it's in a way where it's like, it's obvious that she has felt, she feels helpless at seeing what he's doing with his life. And so she laughs out of him as Okay, and which kind of is just a vicious cycle. So it's like, you know, my son's making all these wrong choices. I'm going to call, call him no good. So, yeah, that's going to keep him from making any more wrong choices. But that's what happens in one's life. But mm-hmm. also another in some other interesting relationships is that Misha has a relationship with a Muslim girl in her neighborhood as well. And I forgot her name. That was the one I forgot her name. Okay, and... The interesting, the interesting thing about this relationship is that uh, the Muslim girl, okay, very much tries to rein Misha in constantly and uh, is kind of thinking along the lines of, you know, this guy's no good for you or anything like that. But when she learns that he's changing, mm-hmm. and especially when she learns he's interested in Islam and Misha's now lashing out, Okay, the dynamics of that relationship change as well. And there's this, this one girl who is just like a hot mess <laughs> in the book. She's got money and everything, Victoria, mm-hmm. and she messes with the bad boy, the real bad boy. Like, Dwayne is just in a bad neighborhood, in a bad situation, and he's trying to change himself. But she went after the worst, <laughs> the worst. Now, that does okay. seem to be a recurring, a recurring theme. Right, like no, that is a recurring thing. Yeah, that is a recurring thing. So those two, those two relationships contrast each other. Yeah. So here you have Misha, who's mm-hmm. trying to convince her family that this dude is okay. Sometimes she's kind of doubtful about it herself, and Dwayne, who is trying to be okay, and then you have Victoria, who is just like a hot mess, and she likes the bad boy. Period. Okay, <laughs> so she goes for the worst bad boy that she possibly can, right. and so here are these two girls speaking out to be with the men that they want, the young men that they want to be with. And uh, Dwayne is treating Misha with a lot of respect. Okay. Okay. She is sneaking out to be with him, but he's very respectful. I don't even know. I don't even want to know 
what Lackey, the other guy, what he was doing with right. her, you know, because he does some stuff to Misha that almost gets him, that, that the way he wants to kill him, you know, because he tries it with Misha. So it's like you have these two contrasting relationships that are going back and forth. You have Dwayne and Misha navigating through these different lives where he's struggling to um, get more out of life to change his life, to better his life. And her life is kind of, like, paved for her. Her mother made sure of that, okay? So her life is paved for her. Her mother worked hard to make sure that she got everything that she needed, that she got a good education and everything. So all she has to do is take those tests, which should be a snap, and she's off to university. Dwayne has to struggle, you know, and he may have to repeat certain things and do stuff like that. So he has to, like, really hit that grindstone in order to just get to the point where he can think about university as a possibility. So you really have these two young characters going through this process of finding themselves. And Dwayne has to do a total reinvention. Mm -hmm. And Misha has to preserve what she has because, you know, loving Dwayne is not easy. (laughs) Now, was his conversion, was was that process once he was inspired by... um, uh, was his friend Tony? Uh, Tony. Uh, mm-hmm. Once he's inspired, he meets Misha, and, and things begin to change for him. Was was the conversion process? Uh, was this was it a, a complete process? Um, no, and it okay. never is. <laughs> you mm-hmm. mean did he convert to become an angel stoic? No, you know? no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not asking that, right? No, I'm okay. saying. But did he? Did he? Like, did he take um, uh, Shahada at some point? He took his Shahada. Okay. He started praying. Mm-hmm. He still saw Misha. Right. Okay. Um, there was no indication that their relationship was anything more than, you know, like a non-sexual boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. Right. And so, he, like I said, he treated her with respect before he became Muslim. After he became Muslim, he even more so. He knew that there were certain things that he couldn't do. Okay, in order to preserve his faith. Mm -hmm. All right. And so, yeah, yeah, he still made mistakes. He still made mistakes because that's what happened. Even Tony, who was his inspiration in the beginning of the book, he had already he he had been taken his Shahada. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he was still living that life. Then he decided, you know what, I'm Muslim. Isn't it? That's what they say all through the book. Isn't it? Isn't it? She's going to have me say it. Isn't it? For the next two months. Isn't it? (laughs) Isn't it? I N N I T in it. What what is, what, is, what does that mean? In it. I, I guess I guess isn't it? Uh, oh, isn't it? Isn't it? it. Oh, in it. That's okay. all they say. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Okay. And, all right. and free that. Free. I learned some lingo. I learned. <laughs> and and you know it's funny because it, it had me thinking the whole time. Yeah. About. The, the 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 asinine statements that that uh that the YouTube scholar made about not talking black, mm. and I'm not, I was like, wait a second, this is a vibrant language. Why in the world is he so bad about that? You know, because they the way that they spoke, even the way that they the, the parents spoke a, a lot the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, and um. You even saw in certain situations, you saw you kind of saw the code switching going on. Yeah. Where you know like how blacks have we have this vibrant language, mm-hmm. okay, and but we also have to have, have the ability 
to switch and, and speak in a jargon that's more conducive with D the dominant culture. Double, double consciousness. Yes. Double consciousness, okay? Mm -hmm. So you can see that, you know, that's something that, you know, uh, we've had, we've honed over centuries of oppression. Mm -hmm. So you can see that as well. But also it's like that rich language. So as an African-American, you know, I know that I have that African-American vernacular English. As a Muslim, African-American Muslim, I know I have that African-American Muslim vernacular English. That's what uh, uh, Camila Rashad calls it, mm -hmm. where it's like the certain lingo that I, that I adopted, okay? Right. And so I see that in this as well. And it's a very, very vibrant language, and it's beautiful. It's just like when you're looking at, when you're reading about this culture, okay, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These are, she's given everyone humanity. It's not like this trope, you know, urban boy, and that's it. He is a complex character, okay? Everybody is. So she's given the characters humanity, even the ones that are not so nice, like his mother, okay? Mm. So when, you, when you're reading what she's saying to him, and it's so horrible, okay, it's still you, you have an appreciation of for where it stems. Okay, right. it's not just like, you know, and, and just out of nowhere. This is just because she's a, 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 an evil black woman that doesn't care about her kid. Okay, this is a woman that's desperate at this point. She sees one son going down the wrong path. She wants to preserve another son because he has a little brother, right. Jeremy. And so she starts to become desperate. And so she lashes out at Dwayne because she sees him as trouble for, the, for her younger son, and she doesn't want that to happen. So it's like that because kind his of father, because his father is not in is not in the picture. His father is not in the picture. His uh, Tony is his father figure, and fortunately for him, Tony changed his life around. Right. Okay. Because there's all there's every indicate. I think that there's every indication that even as much as he loved Mia, mm -hmm. you know, sixteen year old love, if Tony had not been there as that kind of anchor for him and tony calls the slam his anchor that's what tony explains tony explains that Dwayne was looking for something okay mm -hmm. he was looking to change his life and islam became his anchor in his life and so tony introduced that to him okay if tony had not been there to introduce that to him he may never have really been interested in it at all and that happens a lot that happens a lot. I have, I have, I, I myself have very dear friends where the the brother became Muslim, mm -hmm. and then his 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 fiance became Muslim, and his sister became Muslim. I can I got to ask them which 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 way that happened. Ended up a whole family mm -hmm. became Muslim because one person was interested in Islam and brought it oh, home. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen you it. know, and yeah. brought it home, and then the aunt became Muslim. You know, it's kind of like drifting out. You know, <laughs> it's, just, it's the family. It doesn't happen always, but you can definitely be influenced by the people around you as you see. Well, especially how for the people, especially for people that you hold in high regard. Yes. Uh, and when you see them go through this process of, of self-assessment and reflection, it gives you the uh, the, the the freedom uh, or the the impetus to go ahead and engage in that same process yourself. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. But there's also something that I think is interesting, and I like to know you uh, as a mother as well, sons and daughters. Um, uh, we know you have just one son, right? No, I have three and three. Three and three. Okay, alhamdulillah. I know you're talking about the, the six-footer. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but 
but as as a parent of of sons and daughters, how mm-hmm. important do you feel it is to have a story like this that not only shows a um, I shouldn't say a conversion, well, an acceptance, a, a change, a conversion, whatever word you want to use, uh, mm-hmm. but also to show this continuing growth. Because you said, you know, he, he didn't just, he didn't become an angel. Um, yeah. He still had issues that he was working with. How important mm-hmm. do you think that type of portrayal is for, for, for teenagers, for young people? I think it's very important. And that's because as they become less and less under the auspices of their parents, Mm -hmm. okay, and they go out those doors. Life is going to pull them in certain directions. It's going to be a constant thing. And it's very, very rough, especially as a young adult and a new adult, okay? And not enough parents get that. Even though we went through it, it's like we have selective memory. We never remember how hard that is. Remember, like you you mentioned my six-foot son, Mm -hmm. you know, I have, don't tell him, but I have <laughs> overheard conversations that scared the living daylight out of me as a parent. But it's like, I don't have control over that. I don't have control over what he encounters. I've heard things from my 20-year-old daughter from the time she was 16. I've heard conversations that were just extremely frightening to me. And even when they came to me with it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like holding the, the underneath, I'm holding my knees, right. but I'm trying to be cool on the exterior because I don't have any control over that. The only thing I can do is hope that they come to me and they talk to me. Right. If they don't, okay, then they don't have that touchstone. And that makes things just so much worse. So when they see Dwayne, okay, read Dwayne going through this, and Misha goes through it too. And all of them are going through it. Even uh, Dwayne's friend Juki, mm-hmm. okay, uh, who is just like this amazing character that she wrote. You know, Juki must. Juki has to be amazing. His name is Juki. Juki is amazing. Yeah, well, has to be. Juki means, if I remember correctly, it means like to cut someone. Mm-hmm. And that's what he liked to do. What? <laughs> he liked to cut people. He had a big six-inch blade, and that was his choice of weapon. So they called him Juki because he'd slice you up. Let, let me just say really quickly, um, uh, United States Postal Service, I am very <laughs> upset with you. Uh, I was supposed to have my book on Monday and you said that you tried to deliver it. You did not deliver my book. I still don't have my book. I'm very upset when, with you. When you said you did not have the book, I was so upset. I was so upset. You and me both. I was like, he would love these characters. And I'm still, you know what? Hopefully what, what what's going to happen is I'll get a chance to uh, to read it and maybe get uh, Sister Naima on. And that point yes. I can, uh, yeah, yes. I can... Go 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 and at it again. other books, but this is one of the. Oh my God, I love this book, and I can't wait to read some of her other ones yeah. because I kind of I, I read Love. Uh, um, she wore red trainers, okay. and that's a sweet one. Right, and it's nice. She's again, it's still well written and everything like that. But as a YA reader, like I'm like Black Sheep, The Outsiders, uh, The Packing House. Okay. And see, those those are good too because I I, I need recommendations for. Uh, you know, I have 16-year-old twins and a 14-year-old. Everybody's birthday is coming up. But uh, they, they enjoy they enjoy reading. Uh, particular, uh, particularly, they like things that relate to them. So yeah. 
yeah, so this is, you know, this is important. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know that um, the girls. Yeah, yeah, all oh, girls. There's quite a few things that they may like in Muslim fiction. There, there, there are quite a few things they like. I think they may like black sheep as well, because one of the things that she did, okay, which again is very hard, and I'm a romance writer, so mm-hmm. I know how hard it is. Okay, is that she took this six-year-old boy, Dwayne, and he is smooth as silk. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, you knew why Misha snuck out. Right. Right? Because the way he spoke to her, the way that he interacted, and even the way he got her to forgive him. Okay? I'm like, this is a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> but How he, is a six-year-old boy doing it? He, he was like, polished. You know, Cody taught him. He, huh? he was polished, huh? Oh, he was polished. He definitely was polished. With her, oh, absolutely. And he had, you know, and he had experience. But uh, because at one point he just he realized he didn't want any. He had a whole bunch of girls he could go to. He could like get like that. Right. Okay, because that's how smooth he was. Because Tony taught him how to be that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he wanted her. So that was the other thing. It's like you know he's like this smooth character. And I also like Misha as an example of when you run across slick. Mm, okay. That's important. What happens when you're a girl and you run across slick? Yeah. And the importance of dad at that point or a male role model. Mm-hmm. Okay. At that point, because she was not listening to her mother. She was not listening to her mother. It wasn't until dad stepped in. It was like, look, princess, mm-hmm. <laughs> you going to have to think this through. He's going to have to do this way. That, you know, like that. So it's like that's very important. So I think that this was, I, that's why I'm like, why isn't this in Muslim schools? Why aren't they? Why don't they have this? We have these authors that are writing these incredible things. Why aren't they doing that? Why are they kind of like you know shying what? away from it? Because you, you, these you things mentioned exist. Something, you mentioned something I think really important. The fact that they exist, I think, is not necessarily the. I don't think that's the issue. I think in some instances, right? I don't want to paint with too broad a brush. But in some instances, uh, it's a question of whether or not administrators, parents, uh, whatever, uh-huh. want to have those discussions in literature. And then they're doing. They're, they're yeah, doing, I, I I know where you're going already, and I'm I'm in a hundred percent agreement that uh, I think it's irresponsible. I think it's a disservice to not deal with these things in a way that that allows our that gives our young people some tools. Yeah. Um, like you said, Misha learned she she was a great example of how to deal with slick and slick exists, <laughs> right? Slick exists. He waiting right outside. You may be sending her to a Muslim school, but he waiting on the corner. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's waiting for her on the corner, and he wants her. He wants your Muslim daughter because she's clean. Exactly. Okay, and that exactly. kind of like stereotype. Yeah, you young men stereotype girls. Mm-hmm. Period. And so it's like that's the way they stereotype. That's one of the ways they stereotype Muslim girls. Oh, they're clean. They're pure. Let me dirty her up type of thing. So it's like, you know, what do you do in that encounter? How do you interact? How do you interact with your parents? What are some of the mistakes that you can make? Because she made some mistakes. Okay. And one of them almost cost her life. Okay. She found herself in a very dangerous situation. So it's like, what do you do? And it's like, I have. Uh, I know educators, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm an educator. I know uh, high school educators. I know what's well, on some of the required reading lists, okay, in schools, right. all right? 
what kids are reading at certain ages. And it's like you have got to, if you're a Muslim school or non-Muslim school, you have to read William Shakespeare. And I can tell you that Black Sheep Mm -hmm. doesn't have nearly the same stuff that Hamlet does. Oh, sure. That King Lear does. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or um, uh, 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 A Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's like Shakespeare was no joke when it came to that. So it's like if they're reading Shakespeare, Mm -hmm. why can't they read Naima B. Roberts? Mm. You know, why can't they read Tried and Tested? Yeah. Why can't they read those things? Because there's nothing. The Muslim authors, uh, a lot of Muslim authors are, even when they're dealing with gritty issues, they're very tame about it. Right. They're very, very tame about it. Because when I was reading this book, I was like, nah, (laughs) she's leaving some stuff out. I know there's some other stuff going on. She's leaving some stuff out. So it's like, why not do that? And now you have it like in this Islam, this Muslim context, this Muslim cultural experience, which they can, can with which they can connect to. So why are you saying no? They can't read that and begin you know? the conversation, which I think yeah. is which is important also because uh, sometimes even in in families, parents don't know how to approach um, or how to begin the conversation, mm-hmm. and. And these are avenues for that to happen, uh, for it to take place, whether in the home or in, in trusted social uh, uh, settings. Yes. So, you know what? Yes. All right. We, uh, we have come down to our time. Uh, yeah, I wish I had read this, too, but I feel like I've, I've, I've still, I always get a lot out of your, your, your analysis <laughs> and your reflection. So, um, well, get, to get, get your teens to read it and see what they think of it, because you have to read Her Justice by Nasheed Jackson. Well, I already ordered it. it. I already ordered it, so it's, it's on the way. Uh, yeah, we won't have a repeat of this, uh, inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> Kindle, brother, Kindle. You know, I want to I wanna mark my book up. I want to mark it. I want to feel I it. I do, too, but, yeah. you know, I got to read it. <laughs> oh, oh, you're going to rub it in. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, Radio Sound family, we're going to have to get out of here. Before we do, we want to go ahead and um, thank our engineer over at WCEV, uh, Leonard. Thank you very much, sir. And we thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen, um, joined by Leila Abdullah-Poulos of NBA Muslims tonight. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. That being said, we'll join you tomorrow night for Movie Talk. I'll be joined with my, by my man, Bubba Murray, talking about Luke Cage, season two, coming up. So we're going to leave you now as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.